you're, you're now recording. Now recording. All right, let's start it off. Welcome to the Real DMC Podcast. With me today are Marcus and Dave, as usual. Guys, how's it going? Good. You're hosting oh, that, today? That's a very uh, announcerific kind of voice you got there. You think so? I think what it's just what my... Happened to, what happened to casual Colin, who just wanted to have like a conversation among friends? It's it's just my, my uh, holiday voice. Oh, okay. Well, happy almost <laughs> 4th of July, Colin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing well. Right. You guys, I've been, I've been just crushing the rewatch in preparation for year in review '87. Yeah, '87 is good year. I've already watched uh, three movies. They're all making lists somewhere. All right. Well, in today's episode, uh, Marcus has detention because he flaked out on watching Moonstruck, uh, which is coming up soon. Dave, uh, any any ETA on when that podcast is going to land? Uh, I will be editing it this weekend, so I assume early next week. That's all right. A, it's a, probably a terrible discussion item because that will be out before this one. Pro tip. Yeah, great. Go. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you... Uh, he, this one's being recorded. He flaked out on... <laughs> Marcus flaked out on watching Moonstruck, which you've probably already heard. <laughs> How's and that? Hey, and hey, wasn't that a great episode? It was wow. awesome. Anyway, we hammered him as a result with the 1987 Bill Cosby dud, Leonard Part 6. Your average tape of your not-so-average super spy. Kill him! Adventure so cool. You can taste it. America's living room legend, Bill Cosby. How'd you get on this tape? In Leonard Part 6, on video cassette. It's so bad, even Bill Cosby hated this movie. All right, so Marcus, we're going to do the format today. We're just going to run through some questions and get your feedback and reaction to the film. Sound good? Sure. Do you want to uh, set up any for uh, Lennon Part 6? Set up any? Yeah, well, the, the, the time, the place, the mood, history with the film, no setup. I'll ask, gonna... I'll ask the questions. <laughs> All right. Colin asked the questions here, <laughs> goddammit. I was just going to say, it, this I... was released in 1987. What was the number one show on TV? I'm going to guess the Cosby Show. Uh, Cosby Show? Yeah. yeah, they just won six Emmys in the previous two Emmy Awards. Come on. You guys so, need to so Cosby basically had Cosby had the power to make a movie, and he was surrounded by people who were afraid to tell him that the movie was a total piece of shit. Is really exactly, what it comes down exactly. To. The amazing thing, the rating for a Cosby Show in the 86-87, it was the number one rated show. 34.9 rating, which is ridiculous. I don't think they even get half of that like half of that today is probably like a it's a huge success it's a third the top rated show for this last year sunday night football 10.9 rating yeah really like that is like well there wasn't there were only a few channels <laughs> like two, exactly. <laughs> yeah fox wasn't even out yet but it just goes to show the the like he was by far the number one um rapist <laughs> we'll get to that oh okay sorry <laughs> There's a couple of scenes in the movie that do not hold up well to that uh, at all. Yeah, I, I have to say, I did, I did, um, I certainly did not watch this movie, but I did drop in and watch a handful of clips here and there, and I actually oh uh, looked at some summary information, and this really looked bad, like like abysmally bad, but almost kind of a lot. Several sites had the "so bad it's good" uh, designation for it. So I would, we can hold on the final rating, but I would say it's not completely unwatchable bad 
because it does get so ridiculous. Be amazed by how ridiculous it is. So it it is it is watchable in the sense that it's like a terrible movie and you can see enjoy the terribleness of it. All right, Colin, All start right. taking us through. All right, so I Marcus, I don't want to step on your uh, question. No, no. Here. So who who? Let's do a little setup. Who directed and starred in this movie? So director is Paul Wieland. This was his first movie, and he was relegated to TV afterwards, and he didn't direct another film until City Slickers 2 in 94, and then that was about it for his career. What, what kind of what TV was he doing? Uh, well, I mean, there wasn't, he wasn't doing The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was doing Mr. Bean and uh, various TV movies, so not much. Yeah, so, so who, of I, course. I have a question, though. Who is the cinematographer on this film? Oh, I don't know. It was not Robbie Mueller for sure. It's, it was Jan, <laughs> it was a uh, Jan, Jan de Bont. No. Yeah, Jan de Bont was the cinematographer on this movie. If oh, you can believe it. Holy shit! What that has is, he done? I that was crazy. Uh, a little film called Die Hard. Directed a film called Speed. Well, you know, if you get bad direction, I looked. I looked at the uh, much the, with it. The scene of you know Cosby riding the ostrich, and I got immediate chills. It was so, <laughs> so well framed. It was. It was a great opening. Is that is that a uh, like an homage to Joust? Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right, Marcus. The writing. So the writer of the movie was Bill Cosby himself, and it's his only writing credit outside of the Cosby Show or Fat Albert. This is his one and only movie, and rightfully so. <laughs> All right, give me a one sentence summary of the film. One sentence summary: Bill Cosby is an ex CIA agent who is recruited to return to defeat an evil vegetarian bent on destroying the world i'm guessing <laughs> given the evil vegetarian part this movie would probably not fly today no i thought it was quite interesting that the uh, arch villain was a vegetarian and very much so is anti-vegetarian in the whole movie because that's a that's an angle that you want to take and dig in on you know yeah i don't know what goddamn vegetarians are destroying the world <laughs> it doesn't seem like that was Trying to think back to 87, was vegetarianism like an evil thing at the time? It wasn't popular like it is today at all. So it was definitely... Um, it was more fringe, I guess. Yeah, but I wouldn't see it as an evil bent to it. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it sort of sounds like there should be like some McDonald's tie-in here. Funny thing. like so they, they, I mean, they really go for it because he's also a chef. So he retires from the CIA, opens a uh, restaurant, takes place in San Francisco. So he opens a restaurant in San yeah, Francisco. Naturally. So he's this like chef. And like he's cooking with food and he's cooking with meat. And they actually show it at the end. He's being attacked by um, lobsters. And he uses melted butter to like thwart the evil lobsters coming at him. <laughs> so oh, it definitely has so, this. Like... So, so you can kill him and then eat him. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely has this. Like it keeps the anti-vegetarianism vibe going throughout the movie. So it definitely was the theme of the movie. So are you going I'm I'm curious cuz I actually have a few questions about scenes that I saw when I when I dropped sure. into it. So Colin, do you want to you want to do that now in terms of particular scenes or you want to go through your other questions first? Let me ask one more question. Okay. Um for, did you like the movie? No. I would not recommend it. <laughs> it's quite it's like interesting to watch for this exercise, but I wouldn't really recommend someone putting it on to watch but if you want to like just see the most ridiculous movie probably ever like one scene so like when the opening scene so this is before you know kind of what's going on at all yeah one of the evil henchmen is going to kill the cia agent who's like swimming in his pool and the way the way he does it he has a rainbow trout and he shows <laughs> i can't believe this <laughs> like is it a live rainbow trout it's a, yeah like he's like in the water he's holding a rainbow trout and he shows it. 
he shows it a picture of the guy he wants to kill. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding a rainbow trout. He shows it a picture of the guy he wants to kill. And the rainbow trout is like moving its mouth just like a fish would, right? But they have like sound effects with it, like the trout's being all evil. It's like rah, 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 rah. It's a picture. <laughs> <laughs> So it puts a picture in front of the trout's face. It's a rah, 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 rah. It's almost like a dog about to attack something. Let's the trout go in the water and it goes and just destroys this, the per- like its jaws attacking this guy, like just completely kills him. Is he attacking the guy in a pool? Yeah, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Like showing a picture of the guy you want to kill to a rainbow trout. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, did, did, did Cosby do a lot of acid back in the 60s? <laughs> that, that was probably the best, like most, well, there's a lot of ridiculousness in it. Well, since since we're talking about ridiculous scenes, Dave, you want to jump in? So I watched, um, maybe it's the opening scene of the movie or it's towards the beginning, but uh, he's having a gunfight in the kitchen of a restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, as, like, and I guess the joke is the fact that the fight that they're having, like the bullets are just, you know, causing things to rupture, but then the chefs are using like what's happening. There's an example where he shoots a bunch of olive oil containers and then the chefs use the olive oil and they, they keep cooking. Yeah. What was the what was the joke like? Why weren't why was anybody reacting to the reacting to the fact that there's a gunfight in the kitchen? I don't understand. I don't know either. It made no sense. So the 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 setup was the um, CIA needed to bring back uh, Leonard because he was the only agent who could uh, defeat this evil vegetarian who was using animals to kill people, mm-hmm. and she was like attacking CIA agents and killing them. I, I find it ironic that that she's a vegetarian and yet she's exploiting animals to do her bidding. Yeah. The, so the way the CIA wanted to recruit him back is they sent one of their agents to go kill Leonard. Wait, what? Yeah. So that was a guy who was, uh, he was sent to go kill him at the restaurant. And then they knew Leonard would defeat this guy who he killed and brought him back to the CIA headquarters and threw him on the table and said, why'd you send this guy to kill me? It's like, oh, because we knew that would bring you back in. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> And that, the, and the person that's trying to recruit him <laughs> For, is uh, that's that's Joe Don Baker, who's also the right. chief of police in Fletch, right? That's the but, same guy. Yeah, Joe Don Baker. Yeah, I th- he's definitely very, very familiar. Definitely that guy. Walking tall. Okay, a couple other quick scene questions. So, there's a scene where he's driving a car and it has a cannon on the top. Colin will reference this again in a second, but uh, and it, when it fires the cannon, I looked at the video and it's a cartoon bullet that comes out. Yeah, <laughs> like when you look at it. Yes. Like it's legitimately, it looks like a Looney Tunes bullet. So is that a thing? Like, is that actually, is that the gun is like a cartoon gun or is it just really bad animation? It, they use that special effect a couple times. So like his melted butter he uses to attack the uh, lobsters. He pulls yeah. out just like a stick of butter, but it has like uh, animated like stars around it. So it's kind of like magic stars. So they do that effect a couple of times, but um, neither well nor makes sense. Okay, so it's, so it's just really, it's just bad. It's, it's not like it was a thing. Like it yeah. wasn't like that. Yeah. Okay, maybe and maybe I, they had a very low special effects budget. For yeah. your reference, that's a Porsche nine twenty eight that the the tank gun is mounted to. So speaking about that, so so the only thing that made me want to see this movie when it did come out was the camouflage colored Porsche nine twenty eight, which happened to be like my favorite car at the time. And it also happens to have that that cannon attached to it. Um, so Marcus, can you give us a history of the Porsche nine twenty eight used in the film? As well as an analysis of the advantages or disadvantages of having a roof-mounted cannon. I did not do any research on this particular 928. It's a great car. It's kind of fun. You would think like they open up with a classic or they they actually, that's the opening scene is this 928 going off this uh, San Francisco hill, classic hill jump. 
And um, you would think that would be like in the most one, like exciting car chase or something along those lines. And it's not at all. It's like him driving over to the, the pier that this international tuna factory is. He's just like driving over there. So the Porsche with the, with the turret is basically his everyday car? Yeah. <laughs> it's his commuter? He, it's only like a couple scenes. Um, when he pulls it out too, it has like a flame uh, shooting out of the back of it. But then he, like, he pulls out. Like, so it's like the matching of special effects and like what you're seeing or the sound and what you're seeing is, does not correlate at all. So you're, like, he pulls his car, the, the Porsche out of his, uh, his house, his mansion. And he's like a millionaire guy too, right? Millionaire CIA agent. So he's pulling it out and it's like, you're like, oh, it's a pretty cool car. He's got the 928, it's camo, it's got the tank. Flames are shooting out the back of it and he like pulls out at 10 miles an hour. But like the sound effects are, <laughs> the sound effects are the tires are squealing and it's all like, he's burning out of there. Like it just did not match up at all. And he also had that, as he was pulling out, he had the hazard lights on blinking. <laughs> oh my God. He's cautious. Oh man, it's hilarious. Okay, so just sorry, one other question just in terms of the scenes that I, actually two questions. So there's a, uh, a scene, I guess, towards the end of the movie where he's using hamburger to, yeah. to, to fight some people and he basically places what appears to be raw hamburger on some guy's chest and it kills him. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, they explode. One guy takes a bite out of a hot dog and his head just explodes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... so uh, <laughs> Were those, supposed to, were those humans or were those robots or what was the deal there in, ter- in terms of why was meat so destructive? They, they were humans. I believe they were part of uh, Medusa, who's the, the villain, the vegetarian villain's name is Medusa. Are they like allergic to meat? Yeah, I think they supposedly like she talks about like having these like pure people like meat has never passed through their mouths. So these are like the ultimate uh, in like purest specimens, but they're, they're, they're her henchmen and they're wearing like... Um, like a ballet tights or something like that. But yeah, and meat is deadly to them. Because naturally, you're, you want your henchmen wearing tights. Yeah. Well, there's also a scene with uh, Bill Cosby puts on. The only way to defeat them or get by this one section, he has to put on ballet shoes and like dance through the section. Makes no sense at all. I was, I was going to ask you about that. That's the other scene that I saw where he has uh, the, the magic sparkly ballet shoes. Yeah. Like at one point. It, it makes no sense. He okay. gets them from like he has his gypsy nurse. Who like gives him things? He gave her like he consults her when he's going on a uh, a mission, and so he gave her the ballet slippers once, and he gave her the like hamburger meat and the hot dog buns. And when he gets them, he doesn't know what to do with it, but then in the moment, he knows what to do. This, this, this it makes movie no sounds sense. so so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm I'm starting to think was was there like sort of a springtime for Hitler thing going on here? You know, I I like, wonder did he take out they... a huge insurance policy on this movie and then. They and want then collect a windfall. It does not feel like it's taking itself seriously. So that's one of the aspects of it. It doesn't seem overly like it's not trying to be like a, a cool spy movie. I think it is trying to be a comedy, but not for the reasons that it uh, that it is. It becomes an unintentional comedy. Yeah, I think so. Like I, I think they know <laughs> like it's ridiculous, but they also don't like it's not ridiculous how they think it's going to be ridiculous. I don't know. So wait, what would that be? Would that be like an unintentional, intentional comedy? Yeah. Something like that. Or an intentionally unintentional comedy. Yeah. <laughs> one of the funny <laughs> things. The mind reels. It's a, my brain is blown. Another one of the great kills. So the CIA agent staking out. So it's at a pier. Uh, international Tuna. So he's staking out International Tuna building. And he's sitting there. Uh, he's like a, an agent in the car, like on a stakeout. And he's writing down notes in his, his notebook. So he writes down International Tuna. And he's hearing a strange animal sound. He writes, 
strange animal sounds. It's like a, you see frogs like lurking around his car. So he writes down ribbit, ribbit. It's like he's recording the sounds. But then, <laughs> then a gang of frogs end up going underneath his car and then hopping the whole car up in the air and then into the, uh, into the bay. <laughs> and then he like, drowns in the car and dies. It's just ridiculous. The whole thing is just weird. I, I yeah, I feel like I'm having like a really bad flashback. <laughs> Got, you have more questions? I have more stuff too. Yeah, well, I was gonna ask you what you know, like what didn't what didn't you like? But I I feel like it was like everything. So was there anything that you did like? I think the worst the, didn't like the worst part of the movie was his uh, daughter. Uh, his daughter. He has a 20 year old daughter. And nothing against the actress. She was fine, I'm sure. I'm sorry she got this role. But the she comes home. She tells her dad she's getting married. And in comes this like 66-year-old man that she's going to be marrying. Uh, who's like the theater, the head of the theater. She's in a play. And this guy's running the theater. And the two of them are going to run off and get married. And so it's just like a very awkward, weird moment, scene. You're just like, what is going on here? This is strange. Why did they include this in the movie? And then later, the... Um, Leonard and his wife, who he's like kind of estranged with and he's trying to get back together with, uh, which are some weird scenes with that. So they went to go see her play. And then in the play, she gets naked on stage. <laughs> and just another very, very strange, uh, like, why is this whole scene in there at all? So, so this movie has a, so it's a, it's, so what you're saying is it's an older man uh, with an underage girl. She's not underage. She's. They do say she's twenty in the movie. So, but uh, she's you know, twenty. Not even. Da- not in her twenties. She's 60. twenty. No, she's twenty. Yeah. So yeah, she's dating. She's gonna, not even dating. She's going to marry this like you know sixty-six-year-old guy. So yeah, definitely not great. And so that was like pretty bad. The his wife, like he's trying to get back together. His wife. They go out to a dinner to try and make up for it, and she dumps food all over him yeah they, they, does she pour gravy on him that's another... yeah she pours like soup and spills all these things on him and it's just kind of a weird scene and then they end the movie with that same scene they kind of explain it like she thinks being a spy is him going around and sleeping with women all over the world or something i don't know it made no sense at all it's a very weird storyline but that was his main motivation was to like save the world to get his wife back oh my there's two montages in the film one is when his wife agrees to go to dinner with him before she spills all the food over him. And there's a pretty long montage of him getting ready for this uh, for this date. So it's like him getting dressed and trying on ties and getting a manicure and a pedicure and like showering and all sorts of things and just like very strange. It's, it's a good sized montage. And then later when he's getting ready to go attack International Tuna, there's another montage of him prepping to get, you know, armored up and suited. And it's a much, much shorter montage, which I thought was weird because that would be like, oh, it's a spy movie. That'd be a more interesting montage to actually get ready. But he gets like uh, these missiles mounted to his underarm. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, there's something about a door. Like uh, he has to attack a door and yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. big scene and then the door doesn't come down. Is yeah. that, and that's the, is that the joke? I don't know because then the lady Medusa just opens the door for him anyways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's like the tank gun, he like fires against the door, he launches his missiles at the door and all this stuff. And then the door is like not phased at all. And then she's like, open the door. <laughs> and I think the actress who is the, the bad, the, her name's Medusa, is that what you said? That's the, yeah, she's yeah. the bad one. So The, uh, the vegetarian. She is the Oracle from the Matrix, I believe. Is that right? Oh, really? I think so. Yeah, I think it's the Oracle from the Matrix. At least that's what I saw when I looked at the clip, the movie clip. I think that same, same moment, I believe. I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. 
she did fine with it. I mean, it wasn't like, it's not a great role. I mean, that's the hard part is like, no one's like, besides Cosby, no one's all that bad. And Cosby's actually not like, he's, he's Bill Cosby. Like he doesn't do a terrible job with the role or anything, but like Bill Cosby shouldn't be a spy. <laughs> <CIA agent. laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not a, it's not a great, yeah, she is a matrix. She is an Oracle. There you go. All right. Well, speaking of Bill Cosby. Um, uh, oh, I just wanted one more thing. So the, the montage with him getting ready. Mm-hmm. for the like he's getting the armor and the weapons and stuff like most of it consisted of his uh butler and the movie is like oddly uh narrated by his butler but most of that montage consisted of his butler like yelling at him world war ii speeches like <laughs> why he walks through his like wine cellar <laughs> is that is that is that like a motivational yeah i think so i think he's either trying to motivate him or something he's like uh, it made like zero sense at all you almost make me want to watch this movie just for the insanity, it, but, but I, know. I don't think so. It almost, like I said, it's almost, it's not like you don't want to watch it. There's much better things to watch, but it's like so ridiculous. that like it's. All right. Well, as we all know, Bill Cosby was a, a huge superstar in the mid 80s, but he's had dozens of sexual assault allegations, including a conviction. He's currently in prison uh, over the last several years, and that has ruined his once golden reputation. So, Marcus, at what point during the film did he win back your love and affection? <laughs> I don't think he did. Um, at any point during the film, did you want to gouge your eyes out? No, I thought it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as terrible. Like it wasn't. The fun thing about it is not a boring movie. It doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous. It kind of moves along. It's a very short movie too. I'm quite grateful. It's only like an hour twenty, so it's not a. It's not a long watch. So it's more bizarre than bad. Yeah. Ridiculous might be the right word. Uh huh. I mean, he has to escape this burning fire by jumping on an ostrich and getting out. And like, he destroys the way he destroys. So she has this like liquids that she mixes. That's how she takes care of the animals. She's going to dump all these liquids in the bay to use all the animals to attack all the bay area. Oh, this Uh, is like a liquid that like, transforms them into to do her bidding yeah yeah, like, exactly. so they can she can control them yeah this is and probably so, what, made, what made the trout so smart and begin I, and able I, to, uh, to attack somebody based on how they look right yeah, yeah. I, again I, I i'm sensing pita would not get behind this film and, no, and, and medusa so and so like he has this fear that somehow is involved with her being able to control them and has these liquids inside of it and so he's like oh like he stole it and he's going to return it to her to get his wife back but he replaced it, replaces the liquid inside with like palm olive, palm olive, palm olive. Hey, it softens yeah. your hands while you do the dishes. There you go. Um, there's a lot of uh, plenty of product placement too. There's like in the, in the backstage where his daughter was doing her performance, there was like lava soap bars all over the floor. Lava. <laughs> there was like no explanation, <laughs> no reason, but like boxes and boxes of lava soap. You're like, and also, uh, so Coke is everywhere in this movie. So Coca-Cola. Yeah. In fact, uh, I saw, you know, I, I clicked over to a site and they were talking about the fact that, uh, so this movie was released by Columbia, which was owned by Coca-Cola at the time. And so uh, they showed, uh, there's a one side I went to had a montage of just all the places that Coke actually shows up and how he's holding it. And they, yep. had, they, have a, they had a scene where, you know, one time he's holding the bottle next to his face and, and he's, he's holding it so that it says Coke and then it cuts away and then it comes back and he's holding the bottle, but they've just rotated it so the different logo is showing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it looks, pre- looks pretty bad. Pretty he's, gratuitous, I should say. He's got to get paid. Yeah, see, uh, Roger Ebert had a very, uh, he was not pleased with that at all. But the uh, going back to it, so he had this liquid, he replaced it with palm olive, 
And then he returns the sphere to her, and she's like, "Oh, haha! You can't fool me. It was palm olive all along." <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it was actually palm olive already in there, so it was like he replaced it with what it was already. It's just ridiculous. But then, um, so she has these big tanks of these liquids, and the way he blows up the factory is he dumps Alka Seltzer into the tanks and product placement, of course. I wonder if all these are owned by uh, like P and G. Okay, well, moving on. Yeah, it's worst movie. Yeah, it's, it's often considered to be one of the worst films ever made, um, and Bill Cosby even denounced it and disowned the film, like in the weeks leading up to its its release. After writing and producing it, by the way. After yeah, after writing and producing it. Um, I, so... I wouldn't say it's the worst movie ever. Like I've definitely like this one. It's not that hard to get through, and it's not that boring. It's ridiculous, but it's not boring. Like something like Funny Farm with Chevy Chase. That was bad. <laughs> Here we go, Chevy Chase. <laughs> Let's all pile on Chevy Chase. I mean, Taking shots. That one I like walked out of, and this one was like, uh, it, it's pretty breezy, easy to get through. So like um, this one isn't like one like, oh my god, I just can't watch this. And it's not like gross. It's not like dull and boring. It's just ridiculous. All right. So uh, Leonard Part Six, better or worse with Chevy Chase in the Bill Cosby role? It'd probably be better. <laughs> i think wow that's saying I, something well i mean chevy is a lot more like you can see him playing a spy i mean it's probably like similar to spies like us or something like if you can see chevy chase as a, a cia agent like a comedic cia agent mm-hmm. uh like bill cosby i mean cosby was what he's probably in his 50s at this recording this he just does not like he's not a cia agent <laughs> he's just goofy like you know I mean, Bill Cosby's uh, Cliff, Cliff Huxtable. You don't really expect him to be in the, uh, the CIA agent. You didn't expect him to do a lot of things, honestly. No. D- did he? Did he wear any like really funky sweaters? No. All right. Well, this this movie won the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Picture of 1987. Deserved. And, uh, deserved. Yes. Uh, uh, the next year, Cocktail won the award. So, Marcus, does oh. Leonard Part Six deserve reconsideration? Or does Andy McGowan just have bad taste? I think um, Cocktail was incorrectly uh, categorized, but we will get to that next year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. I think can't it's... compare Cocktail to Leonard Parts. <laughs> no, they are yeah. two very, very different films in terms yeah. of the, the level. I mean, Cocktail's got a lot of great cheese in it, but that doesn't make it a bad movie. All right. So how many stars out of five would you give this? Oh, I'd give it just one star. It's not one, would, not even like a half. You can do fractions. I would give it. I give it one star just for the ridiculous. Like it's, if you want to see the most ridiculous movie you probably will ever see, this is probably it. And it's and it's watch like it's watchable. It's not, it's not completely completely terrible, but it's not like it makes no sense. It's it's at least um, you can get through it. All right. Well, we we established earlier that you wouldn't recommend this to anyone, but. If you did, what kind of person would you recommend this to? Uh, it's kind of hard because I would go pretty young, like maybe like an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> um, but there's a couple of weird scenes, like his daughter. Um, Does she actually? Is there actually nudity in the film? Or she's naked, but she's facing the audience, so you just see her back. It's implied nudity. Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't like, and it's uh, maybe it's up. So you, you don't really see, you don't see any nudity. It does get a PG rating. No TNA. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, so I would definitely say it was like a, a middle middle school or elementary uh, 
kids is about the target audience um, with some weird, but it still makes no sense. I wouldn't like show it to them anyways, just because like, like why is a vegetarian evil and stuff like that? They, they, they just <laughs> would an eight year old boy <laughs> walk out of the theater? Probably, he'd probably turn it off and put something better on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying the target target audience. I don't know if they would actually find it interesting at all. I think the real audience would probably be someone like us watching it just for the shits and giggles. <laughs> all right. Um, last question before I, I hand it over to Dave for, for any parting thoughts. Um, Marcus, will you ever skip another assignment? Uh, probably will happen again, but not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to. This, right, this, it, it could have been worse. I think Nuki was another one. Uh, we, I couldn't find. would not want to watch that movie. Um, or Mac and Me was the other one, one that was thrown out there, right? And Mac Solar, and Me. Solar looked, Babies you considered too. I, I think Mac and Me like would at least be tolerable, but yeah. Nuki looks so, so bad. Yeah. And Steve Railsback, I think that might have put the, the nail in the coffin of his career. I can't believe he was in that. This is like, what, two years after Life Force? I was going to say, you mean it actually, uh, so Nuki ended up uh, taking the sheen off of the glory that was his run in Life Force? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they, they must have sold it. Sold it sure? to him as like, sure? a, as like another Life Force. Are you sure it just wasn't being, con he was, wasn't being consistent and that was the, uh, that was the thing that was happening? They're like, uh, hey, you love alien movies, right? Well, we, got, we have got more aliens for you. He's like, I'm in. I had a... Two, two minor scenes that were just kind of goofy that I can bring up. One was uh, one of the henchmen was like grabbing him and grabbed a boomerang knife off of Leonard. And he's, a like, boomerang like, knife? Yeah. Like a, it's like almost like a throwing star, but it's a shape of a boomerang. Okay. And so he throws it at Leonard and it obviously comes back and kills himself. <laughs> so it's kind of just dumb. <laughs> so why, why would Leonard have that type of weapon? I don't know. Maybe like just for precisely that. for for so that henchmen will will take it off of him and, and use then, it against um, themselves. And then he gets shot in this. Uh, he gets shot at a certain point. And he has to go back to his uh, his mansion and uh, perform surgery on himself to take the bullet out. And uh, so he has like a full setup, and he has a scalpel out, and he has all this other stuff. And his butler's there to help him. It's very like Batman esque. But then he ends up performing the surgery using like a crocodile Dundee knife. <laughs> he has a scalpel right there, but he like uses this giant crocodile Dundee knife to like pull this bullet out of him. So ridiculous. All right. Look at uh, my notes if there's any other great ones. Um nah. looking at so we've had two detention assignments, this and wisdom. And I guess the question is is it better to face the boredom of wisdom or the shitty insanity of something like Leonard Part Six? That's my only question about you know future detention directions. I think Leonard Part Six. So really? yeah, I think the the ridiculousness and these like just wacky movie it is is probably better than just being bored to by a terrible movie. So boredom, boredom is boredom is, is the worst. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ooh, but it probably yeah, doesn't make for that's, that's good to know. Though it probably does not make for a good podcast. I hear there's a four-hour cut of Heaven's Gate available somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that does it for uh, for Leonard Part Six. Are you guys interested in watching it now? That's the question. Well, for maybe about five or ten minutes. It's uh, yeah. 
I was disappointed it was not available on streaming and I had to pay $3 to actually watch it. I did not get the HD version. I saved so my, the, saved my a, dollar. There was a financial penalty associated with your detention assignment yeah, is what you're saying. A slight one. Ah, uh, too bad. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Marcus, uh, thank you for uh, for taking your detention like a man. Um, <laughs> it could have been worse. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we will see you next time uh, for 1987. Colin, wrap this. We're, we are wrapped. All right. <laughs>